Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in film, Devin. And today, we're going to be giving our spoiler-free thoughts and insights on Joyride. Air quotes, 2023, because there's two other Joyride movies that have come out within previous years. So we have to preface that by saying Joyride 2023, but it's not connected to the other Joyrides. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram, threads, and Twitter at FilmOptics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, happy post-prime, post-Emmys, post-SAG uh, strike day. <laughs> There's a lot going on. In the world, uh, at least within our little corner of the uh, world. But yeah, how's your week been? You've been watching anything new or playing anything new? Yeah, it's been a pretty solid week. I wrapped up Black Mirror the other night. Um, it was oh. an okay season. Nothing, mm. nothing too crazy. I also beat Bioshock Infinite. Finally got that <laughs> one done. On the Steam Deck. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I gotta find out, figure out what's next. Man, it's t- did you get anything from the Steam sale? Because I know that was also going on. Um, just a couple smaller like party games, nothing crazy. Yeah, I just bought Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, so that's the only thing I, I snags. I don't know. I w- I was hoping that The Last of Us would be on sale, given everything that happened with it. I mean, it. I think it might just now be a playable state on PC. We'll see. Well, hey, there's there's the well, we have the fall sale. And then we have the winter sale because this was the summer sale. So, yeah, we, we, we got a few more. That's usually when I end up buying games anyway. So it's like it's perfect. I absolutely love it. But, yeah, I'm glad you've had a great week and, you know, playing some new games and trying up uh, watching some new TV shows. I finally watched The Godfather for the first time. Part one so far. I got to get through the next two movies but i enjoyed it i i gave it my first watch like a four out of five um you know i you know a lot of people claimed it to be like the best movie ever made i'm like okay like i can see why people really like this movie i liked it but i wouldn't give it like a perfect score um because there were a few parts where i I didn't realize part one is like a 10-year span of everything that's going on within uh the family. So, and, and that's another thing. They never sent mafia in that movie. I love how it was just always just family, family, family. <laughs> I was like, am I watching a Fast and Furious movie? But no, where it was. You got really, it from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Old Diesel. Good old Diesel. Love it. And I finally watched The Blackening as well. I thought it was, it was funny. Um, I think Joyride's way funnier. But, you know, like the, it, it was it was a good time. I, I give it like a solid like maybe three out of five stars if we're going off the letterbox rating. If we're going off our rating, I give it like a solid like 70 out of out of 100, like on, on our side. Yeah, that's about where I am, too. Yeah. So like it, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I watched it. Um, I don't know if I'll ever go back to it again, but that is 
something that I can say that I finally watched. Uh, outside of that, I've uh, just been rewatching some community. I need to start um, Succession season two as well. I gotta, ca- I want to catch up on Succession and Yellow Jackets before the Emmys happen or whenever the Emmys happen. Because my gosh, Devin, there's so much going on with the Emmys. We have our hosts for the Emmys. We have Yvette Nicole Brown, who starred on Community and is known as the manager from Drake and Josh. Um, the other person I'm blanking on his name. Do you uh, recognize him from anywhere? I'm not sure who the hosts even are. I don't even know if we're going to have the Emmys this year. There's not going to be anyone to accept the awards. Yeah, I know this between. So now the writers have been on strike for it's going on 90 days or if, if it hasn't passed 90 days already. And now the Screen Actors Guild, which are actors, are going on strike um, in solidarity, not only with the WGA, but also with their own uh, demands and whatnot when it comes to, you know, the pay, uh, um, the pay, uh, the pay, the residual safeguarding around AI rights and improving worker conditions. So. Wow. (laughs) Like Hollywood is literally imploding on itself, which is insane. But yeah, I don't know when we're going to get the Emmys because I know that it has been postponed. Um, I think they said it's either going to happen in November or early January next year. So it's, it's a tense time in Hollywood, but if there are shows that you're looking to like catch up on now is the time (laughs) to do that because you know, then you can be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for so-and-so to win. I can't wait for blah, 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 blah to win. But I did want to um, just uh, top off a few Emmy nomination points here, just all together before we get into our uh, Joyride review. Um, so Succession um, t- is leading in the number of nominations. There's a lot of nominations for the Emmys, y'all. We, we can't get into everything, but I kind of wanted to touch on it just a little bit. So Succession is uh, leading in first place with the most nominations at 27. Um, of course, that's through HBO. The Last of Us is in second place with 24 nominations. And The White Lotus is 23 nominations, just shy Neck and neck with The Last of Us, Ted Lasso in the number four spot with 21 nominations, and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel from Prime Video with 14 nominations. Then we have The Bear, um, Beef, and Dahmer all tied for 13 nominations. And then Wednesday is coming in with 12 nominations altogether. I'm very excited for this, Devin, but I got to ask you, who do you think is going to take home the gold when it comes to drama series. Cause we got some interesting ones in there. Yeah. I think it's kind of odd. Cause there's a lot of these, these series that you would say are more so drama, but then they get put into comedy because there's so many drama, like like the bear and beef. It's like, there's some funny moments, but they're definitely more so dramas. Even Wednesday. It's like, sure. There's funny moments, but I don't know. I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, just naming off, we're just going to name off the, the drama category, uh, just the best drama or drama series. We won't go into anything else. But what's nominated for the drama series for that category for best drama is Andor, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, 
the White Lotus and Yellow Jackets. Now, Succession just finished its final season. I don't know what happens. I don't want to know what happens because I'm like three seasons behind. I already finished season one. So I'm going to go through it. And I swear no one needs to spoil anything. And I've noticed that. I'm not sure if you have. People are more liberal when it comes to spoiling TV shows than they are with movies. Because when you spoil a movie, it's the end of the world. When you spoil a TV show, everyone's like, oh, it's it's not that big, big of a deal. It's just TV. I'm like, it is more than just TV. <laughs> but I guess out of these drama categories, who do you think is actually going to take home the gold? I know you haven't watched a lot of these, nor have I, but... As much I am tied here so much, but I I will I'll give my opinion second. But I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on who may uh, take on the gold for the best drama series. I um, mean, my, my personal pick would be T. Lou because that's just the one that mm. captured me the most last year, or I guess this year. But um, I think the one that will end up winning is it's either going to be success, Succession or Better Call Saul because it's usually like finale seasons that really yeah. get the awards. I agree. And I've heard that the season finale or just the final season of Succession and of Better Call Saul are both phenomenal. And I've noticed that as well. Usually when series are on the last season, depending on how good the last season is, but yeah, that, that kind of uh, draws into effect. I, I would think anything outside of Better Call, if anything outside of Better Call Saul or Succession takes home the gold, I would be very surprised. Like, if Yellow Jackets or Andor came out of nowhere, like, I think Yellow Jackets, definitely more of a white ho- uh, dark horse than Andor. But here, Andor is very good. And Devin's watched Andor and I haven't. So I definitely need to get on that train. But I am torn. (laughs) I am torn because my heart is saying The Last of Us, but there's House of the Dragon. And it was so good. The fact that, you know, despite what you thought about season eight of Game of Thrones, the fact that the magic and the fan base is still there for House of the or for Game of Thrones going into House of the Dragon, phenomenal, phenomenal. So I don't know what I I either want. I either want the House House of the Dragon or The Last of Us to win for my personal picks. Either one I'd be fine with. I think my dark horse pick is going to be the Yellow Jackets. I think Succession is going to take it home, personally. Yeah, that's the safe pick. I know. <laughs> but this, this H, it's three H, one, two, three, three HBO shows on here for uh, drama series. Wait, one, two, no, four. I'm sorry. The White Lotus, Succession, The Last of Us, and House of the Dragon. That's half <laughs> of your nominations right there. It's crazy. But. Those are just our quick thoughts about the Emmys whenever they come out. But just let you guys know, it's going to be a wild time. I'm very excited. I love the Emmys more so than the Oscars because I feel like it really just the actually it feels more like a celebration of all things television. I can't necessarily say the same for Oscars. They can be it can be a bit snooty from time to time, but what award show isn't snooty from time to time? So yeah, it is what it is. Everyone has their favorite award show. 
And I'm excited to see uh, what, uh, what what the outcomes are. There's a lot of categories here. But with all that said, that kind of closes out our pre-opening or like our, our, our segment here. So as we mentioned, we are going to be covering Joyride 2023 for all of you. This is a fantastic movie. Dare I say it's probably the best comedy of the year so far. So without further delay... We will be right back after this introduction to Joyride. I don't think I've ever been around only Asian people. I mean, we look like everyone else for once. I think we blend right in. Yeah, but people here can tell Chinese Chinese from American Chinese. What do you mean? See? Okay. Hong Kong Chinese, Bluetooth. Shanghai Chinese, bougie. Ooh, Taiwanese. Weird but cute. What kind of Chinese are they? What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you trying to get canceled? Those are Koreans. Oh. That's howdy fun. It's a K-pop group. Yeah, they all have the same face. That's how you can tell. And we are back. You just heard a little snippet from Joy Ride. And as I mentioned before, this is going to be a non-spoiler review. So you don't have to worry about us spilling any of the tea. Because there's actually a lot of story beats in this movie. And a lot of them uh, took me by surprise, was not expecting half of the things to happen in this movie that did. It's raunchy. It is sincere. It's heartfelt. It's so darn funny. And honestly, I can't wait to see it again. But I'm actually going to give the honors to Devin for introducing the cast today since he's been a little bit more on the quiet side. So Devin, take it away. All right, so for Joyride, it is not the 2001 original. I guess it was like a, a horror thriller type movie. Apparently, there's like three of those I saw when I typed it in. That actually had uh, had Paul Walker and Steve Zahn in it, and it was written by J.J. Abrams. That's interesting. Oh, very interesting. But yeah, it's not related to that in any way. It's just a comedy, complete opposite, not a thriller in any way. But yeah, as far as the cast goes, they don't really have it in in starring order on IMDb. So I'm trying to dig through. So I did write out for for at least the stars. Uh, you have Stephanie Sue, uh, Sabrina Wu, Ashley Park, and Sherry Cola. Yeah, those are the those are the core four. That's, that's the the fam. <laughs> the fam. <laughs> and writers uh, include Teresa Hisao and Adele Lim. And uh, why, why don't you say this other writer name? I can't. I can't. <laughs> hey, do you ever? Do you remember watching Family Guy and seeing this name on the credits, and you thought it was, everyone thought it was a fake name? Yeah, <laughs> but it's a very real person and writer. Do you know how to pronounce I'm, his I'm gonna, name? I'm going to try it right now. Cherry Sheva Pravad Dumrong. All right, there you go. <laughs> you, you did way better than me. I think that deserves a little. And shout, shout out to her for uh, everyone thought you were fake on Family Guy, but you're a real person and a real writer. And I hope hope uh, this strike gets resolved and you are able to continue in your career. Seriously, yeah, like all, all three of the writers here, it this this movie was written so well. And I I love I mean the editing, just everything about it. You know, we'll we'll get more into it here in a bit. But I'm gonna pass it over to Devin so he can give his spoiler-free thoughts on this film. Yeah, I remember going into this one, um, definitely saw a few trailers leading up to it and definitely started gaining some momentum as far as like a new raunchy rated R funny comedy that's coming out for the summer. 
And for us specifically, obviously, we fell in love with Stephanie's shoe during Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like, I think she was snubbed completely for, for all the Oscar love last year. As, as much as that movie won, I think she definitely deserved to be a part of it because she, she really killed her role and was kind of the main, like, the main reason that movie worked. And I loved, just loved seeing her in that and love seeing her getting more roles like this. Uh, she's kind of the, the wild card, like fun best friend, new best friend from the old best friend, like that classic dynamic where you have a friend that has a, a new best friend and then they don't like each other. That's kind of the funny dynamic we got going here. And honestly, I saw this on my birthday with my sister. We had a great time. It's a really, really raunchy, really like truly rated R movie. Like it goes places that you would never expect a movie to go to. Like yeah. the things you see in this, it's it's pretty crazy. But I, I love it for that. It honestly kind of reminded me of, of The Hangover. Just kind of the, the the four person dynamic they have here. Dead Eye kind of gives me Alan vibes. Just kind of the <laughs> the weirdness and just the stuff they say and do. It's just it's off, and that's what makes it so funny. Why do they call you Dead Eye? Just stares into your soul. <laughs> For a second, I thought that I had like a lazy eye and I was like, oh, are they playing off of that? And it's like, no, they're just just straight serious face. I thought that yeah. was hilarious. And even even if there are some moments, there are some jokes that didn't really land with me. It, it more than makes up for it with the, the heartfelt moments that come towards the end of the movie, which were completely unexpected. Did not expect to have any kind of emotional moments that kind of tie everything together, but they did a really good job of including that. Oh yeah, I teared up like during. Yeah, I think, those I, heart- I, think I had a couple like <laughs> couple tears performing. <laughs> a few sniffles <laughs> here <or> there. <laughs> but yeah, well said, Devin. Um, you know, I'm pretty much riding the same wave as you when it when it comes to this movie. Um, you know, I didn't really uh, write too much in depth for this because originally I was like, oh, yeah, like Devin saw it. Then I went to go see it. Um, I should probably just talk about what happened with my experience with Joyride. So the first time before I get into my initial thoughts, the first time I went to go see this movie or tried to go see this movie, uh, the power went out in our theater. So, you know, had to refund tickets, refund people's AMC uh, list. Um I guess you, you can see up to three movies per per year. So like one, one of your vouchers essentially. And then I was like, okay, I'll come back the next day. Everything should, you know, be up and running then. So I went back the following day, same time frame to go see Joyride. And um, it was kind of annoying because the entire theater had power except the one theater, the one theater in the entire vicinity that was playing Joyride in Theater 7. There was one theater that this movie was playing in. Like, it's supposed and to be the lucky theater. It's weird because it's like, you know, you have, oh, we're going to the movie theater. And then it's like, oh, which theater are you going to? It's like, we need to figure out a word in, the tw- in between like the vicinity of the movie theater and then the theater itself. But yeah. Theater 7 was the only theater in my movie theater that was playing Joyride. And that theater still did not have power. So, um, again, I got my... You really really persevered on this one. (laughs) I did. (laughs) And so, the following day, this was a Saturday, Sunday, Monday uh, venture. Third time's a charm. I actually went to a different theater than... The one that was closer to me because I just didn't trust them because I was like, watch it only be 
in that theater again. I'm going to go through the whole thing once again. So I went to a different AMC theater a little bit farther away and saw it, and I had a great time. There was about maybe six or seven people watching this. Um, it was really weird because there was this one girl who came in towards the beginning of the um, trailers. I was the only one in the theater at the time. I thought I was going to be the only one watching it. She came in, sat down for like maybe fit, maybe 10 minutes, ate her snacks, watched the trailers, and just left before the movie. I was like, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. But I digress. When it comes to this movie, um, like I said, my, um, my thoughts pretty much match Devin's when it comes to this film. It is easily um, the best comedy of the year by far. I think everyone should go see it. Yeah, more people should definitely be seeing this. It's one of those one of those um, issues I've seen where a lot of people saw this in a screening um, before it came out, and mm. that kind of affected the overall performance of the movie when it did when it did come out. So, yeah, screenings can be hit or miss uh, for a lot of movies. <laughs> they can be gone in a flash if you know what I'm talking about. But uh, you know, the box office can be gone in a flash. But yeah, I think this movie is not performing very well in uh the box office which is unfortunate because i mean between this and the blackening i mean they're they're both movies that are very experimental and even though i um enjoyed joyride more so than the blackening they were you know they they have familiar vibes you had joyride obviously devin said it really does uh, remind you of a little bit of the hangover or just you know a core for people hanging out and you have the main character um, played by Ashley Park, who is um, adopted by a white family. And her parents try to make that connection with, you know, trying to get her to find someone or find another Chinese person um, to hang out with because most of her friends are probably of, are, are probably white. And then it really just has this interesting concept where it's like, oh, you know, uh, Ashley Park's character, it was, oh my gosh, it was, um, I'm blanking on her character's name. Audrey. So Ashley Park's uh, character, Audrey, you know, she um, is tasked by, she works for a law firm, you know, it's tasked to go to China to create uh, or to close a deal with uh, a Chinaman and his uh his business and whatnot uh, with their law firm. And then, you know, things kind of go haywire. Like, you know, you, you have Ashley Park playing Audrey and then her best friend played by, or one of her best friends, I should say, because like Devin said, you, you got the two best friends coming in together. I'm not sure people really know if that's like a good idea or not. I'd say it's not because it's weird having like, Oh, you have one person that gets along with both of these people you know, that have come into this person's lives in different, um, um, in, in different waves. So, Oh, they should, you know, get along. That doesn't really work. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work as much, at least for me, but Stephanie Sue's character and Sherry Cola's character, Sherry Cola's character playing the best friend, um, from childhood. And then you have the college best friend, which is, you know, by Stephanie Sue, so it, it really does have this interesting dynamic. And of course, Deadeye's there as well, being as awesome as she can ever be. But it really does have this amazing um, 
chemistry and just I I enjoy the concept of it of it. And of course, like if you've seen the blackening, you'll know what I'm talking about as well. I don't want to give anything away there either, but you know, it the whole tagline there was, oh, um, we can't all die first because the entire cast is full of black people. And the running joke or the stereotype in horror movies is that, you know, if there's a black person in a horror movie, they're they always die first. But if you have all of them that are black or black, they can't all die first. But both of those movies really have a interesting concept where it, they're very experimental, especially with Joyride. Like it does have like the comedy and the raunchiness to it, but at its heart, it really is about a um, it's, it's a movie about finding out who you are and like where you belong in the world because with Ashley um, Park's character, Audrey, you know, she is someone who's Chinese, but she was raised by white parents. She was adopted. So she doesn't really feel like she belongs, you know, she doesn't feel like she's Chinese, but she necessarily doesn't feel like she's white either. So it's this really interesting dynamic of who she's trying to be, who she grows into by the end of the movie. And of course, you know, with, um, Deadeye, Lola and cats, you know, they've kind of have a good idea of who they are as people, but actually it's, it's a little bit different. So the movie really takes you on this interesting journey where, you know, a lot of crazy wild things happen along the way, which are hilarious, but it really hits home as well, especially when we get towards the, the third act of the film. But sorry if I was talking for so long, but it's just, you know, I, I like the dynamic of this movie and it's not a long movie either. It's around an hour and 32 minutes. So you can go see this easy on a Saturday and just have a great time. I don't want to speak too much else on it before I accidentally spill the beans or any on anything. But Devin, did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, mention? Yeah, it was actually like a surprising amount. There's to spoil, especially especially for a comedy. Usually, not too many story beats you can go off of. But mm. yeah, I really liked, like you said, the 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 setup they have here and kind of the dynamic between these four characters. Dead Eye just being the the wild card. <laughs> you just don't know what's what's going to happen ever. Um, and I just also love there's like kind of a random like basketball storyline intertwined in between all of it. As, as a basketball fan, I really like that one because I won't spoil who, but there's definitely an obscure uh, former NBA player that shows up and uh, actually does a pretty good job as far as acting. So I was surprised to see that. But better than LeBron James? <laughs> uh, as far as an actor, honestly, probably because LeBron, oh. he's not he's not the best actor as we've seen in his in his few roles he's had so far. But he is the king either way. That's true. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. <laughs> yeah, um, like we said, uh, the third act definitely kind of does a good job of wrapping things up. It's not just like a random random event that kind of fixes everything. It's kind of a real moment where she has to discover her background. And it kind of it's this just like touching moment that happens. And yeah, I think the theater was, was getting a little teary-eyed. I heard some reactions, heard some moans, some little bit of cries, but... Yeah, it definitely definitely adds up to a great recipe when you get the laughs and the emotions like that. Yeah, it that is very true. And it, I've always thought I was listening to In Session Films 
uh, review on this uh, a few days ago, and they kind of touched on the fact that um, Ashley Park or Audrey, played by Ashley Park, um, it's it's not that she it's you know she feels so disconnected from her roots, but you know it her her friends kind of make the jokes that oh you know like Ashley or Audrey you're so white yada yada yada. You know, like you, you don't really know what it means to be like, um, um, you know, a Chinese person, um, or if someone of Asian descent and it, it kind of gives you this, oh, like for a second, like the movie almost makes you feel like Audrey, like despises, like being, I, um, you know, identified with being, uh, Chinese because, you know, throughout the movie, you know, um, while she's on the, the trip to China, obviously, you know, accompanied by her friends, it's kind of like a kill two birds with one stone situation because um, Lola or Lolo, excuse me, um, played by Sherry Cola. I think that's a great name, by the way. But Sherry uh, Cola, Sherry Cola, you know, her being the best friends like, oh, you should try to find your birth parents while we're in China. And then that kind of gets, you know, Audrey kind of flustered a bit. Like she doesn't seem very interested. Like, obviously she cares, but it's like, you know, she's grown up, you know, she's more established. She, it's always been in the back of her mind, but it's never really surfaced in the way until one of her best friends, Lolo kind of pushes her to do that. And I just I just love that dynamic where you get that perspective because I know there are a lot of people out there that feel like that where you're rejected by both both kind of sides of your upbringing. Mm. Like she's she lives in a, a majority white town, so she kind of has grown up being an outsider and kind of rejected a bit there. And then even when she goes to her where where her birthplace is in China, she's also rejected there because she isn't Chinese enough, and it's just right. kind of thing that a lot of people deal with. I think a lot of people can kind of uh, relate to this and I can, can definitely relate to this, you know, me being like, you know, a person of color, like I'm black, but like growing up, it's, you know, I had a lot of other like black kids say like, Hey, why, why, why do you talk so white? And you know, like, why, why do you talk that way? And I was like, I'm, I'm just speaking the way that, you know, I was, I was brought up. Like I, yeah, I, I, I talk and sound the way my dialect is my dialects, but you know, it's, it's things like that. So I can definitely relate to Audrey's character where it's like, you don't feel like you necessarily kind of belong depending. It's like certain things is like, Oh, like, why don't you talk like us? And I'm like, am I, does that make me less of a person? You know, like it is what it is, but you know, with my uh, background as well, but that's just kind of an example where I'm like, I really like, I really resonate with this movie because there's a lot of examples when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, they did a great job of exploring those themes. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was fantastic. I was like, this this movie literally has everything. Do not go take your kids to see this movie though, because yeah, it definitely earns the rated R. The hotel sequence was wild. And I then the it, dance sequence. And you can only really get that in the theater, like, you know, joined by all these other people who are experiencing this for the first time. Um, I did have this one girl who was like on her phone kind of constantly, but I forgave her because her 
her phone like dimness was like super super low so it wasn't like you know a beam of light like like straight through the um the theater but yeah people need to learn proper etiquette when it comes to that stuff I, i i actually think that like watching movies at home has done more harm than good because people act the same as if they're watching movie at home as they are in the theater. But that's a conversation for another day, but let's get into our final thoughts and the ratings. Uh, Devin, I'll pass it back over to you uh, to give your final thoughts and ratings on this film. Yeah. Final thoughts on this one. Um, definitely had a fair amount of hype going into this one. And I think it did a pretty good job of living up to those, especially um, for me, a rated R comedy is always something that I'm interested in because it just it just lets you have that creative freedom and lets you do things that you'll never see before on a screen. Like yeah. specifically in this movie, you'll never see something like this again as far as a no. specific scene <laughs> with the dance number that goes wrong. Like you'll never see that and you've never have seen that before. Like Well, we have an American pie, but that is more of a movie that's based around the raunchiness. This one isn't, but it just has a raunchiness thrown in. Even even just some of the views begin this one, like never seen before. But yeah, I just I just love the creative freedom that rated R comedies and and movies like that can have, and I love exploring those because usually they they work for me, and this one definitely works for me as far as a comedy, and then surprisingly even as an emotional movie towards the end. So. Overall, is a great. I'd probably give it like an 86, like super solid, not many issues. And um, I'm hoping more people go and see it. I agree with you. I, I really hope more people see this movie. Um, you know, just we're not expecting, you know, the box office for this movie to be like amazing. But like, man, come on, like, let's let's get it up to like 10, 15 million or something like that. This is distributed by Lionsgate. I think Lionsgate is a studio that uh, does take a lot of risks um, because, you know, once you get into studios that are just more just big budget after big budget, a lot of things are kind of the same. And I like to have that little flavor of variety from here um, for here and there. But I would just, I would probably just give this as like a solid 90 out of a hundred. 100 percent because it's like i didn't expect this movie to be so good and like it really just echoed how much i loved watching crazy rich asians and how much i want to go back and watch that movie um even the farewell which isn't necessarily like a comedy movie but like you you do you do get those family family ties um values in that movie as well and i i, I really love uh asian-led films for whatever reason, it's just something I've always gravitated to. Yeah, it's cool that they're getting this representation these past few years. Yeah, like it, it is awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I hope more people go see this movie because it is funny. I will definitely own this on Blu-ray. This is something I, w- I would definitely love to, to watch again. Again, do not watch this with your children. Um, you know, wait till they're a little bit old, old enough, you know, to kind of uh, experience something like this because man some of those shots i was very shocked i was like oh okay i guess we're doing this right now but you know it's you know the, the raunchiness set aside it is a heartfelt journey and you know about friendship and uh belonging and just um finding out um where you belong in the world uh you say you gave it an 84 out of 100 86 so the average or not the average, I'd just say our official podcast score between Devin's score and my own score, it's going to be 88 out of a hundred. 
for Joyride 2023. I feel like we always have to put that in there. But with all of that said, that concludes today's episode. If you like what you heard on today's episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform of choice and make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. And make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a fellow movie lover, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Make sure to spread the love of the Film Optics podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and to a movie lover in need. And now let's take a sneak peek of what's coming up next on the show. So upcoming releases that we're going to be covering are going to be Oppenheimer um, and Barbie, AKA Barbenheimer. And possibly we might do talk to me. Um, I also got haunted mansion uh, Devin, but that's on the same day as talk to me. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to go see talk to me for haunted mansion, at yeah. least for, at least for the early screening. Well, we can figure that out. And then of course, you know, we're going to be covering some teenage mutant Ninja turtles as we are officially like halfway through July already. It's crazy how the summers kind of just go by a little bit faster nowadays, but what you can listen to now on the podcast, you can listen to our Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 spoiler-free review, as well as an amazing conversation that I had with a few of our friends on the effects or the st- streaming's effect on Hollywood. And now I think it is more relevant now more than ever with all these strikes that are going on between the WGA and the SAG. Um, so definitely... Uh, Pay your people <laughs> because you know they they really make the world go round in, in a sense. And uh, I I don't want to live in a world or even experience it for a small amount of, amount of time where you know Hollywood's too petty or too stubborn to give up a little bit of that sweet green. I think we should uh, spread the love there a little bit there. So also you can listen to our Secret Invasions episode one and two review. That we have up on the podcast. Devin, did you watch episode four? I did yesterday, actually. <laughs> I was flying. I was shortest episode ever, but I was like, this is so good. I, I absolutely love it. I know people don't like it, but I digress. Those are a few releases that you can listen to now and a few releases you can look forward to here on the show. And again, thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And stay connected with us by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads for the latest updates. There's too many social media accounts out there, Devin. Might have to trim it down a little bit. It just depends. But my name is Christian, and that was Devin signing off. And remember, life is like a movie. So go out there and make it a blockbuster. Peace.